Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to Spiritual Conversation, honest and joyful explorations of ideas to help us align with our true spiritual purpose and live our best lives. I am your host, Jacqueline Clare, Mermaid of the Airwaves, here to take your hand and go on some deep dives together. This week, I am literally going to be hijacking my own podcast to share with you this series I have created on YouTube about the Enneagram, which is an ancient and mystical personality system that is incredibly sophisticated, psychologically sound, and really easy to understand once you get the hang of it. And as this is one of my favorite topics and one I was actually sort of raised with, along with my faith, with the Baha'i faith, I'm going to be sharing with you a perspective on this ancient personality system, the Enneagram, illuminated by the Baha'i faith and with a special focus on developing virtues. So the aim here is not a science that begins with words and ends with words. We're not just endlessly discovering who we are, but rather really focusing on our strengths and also knowing our red flags. And most importantly, knowing our direction of health how to focus on a set of virtues that will actually help you develop all the other virtues at the same time. So that is the aim of this series. Again, it's a Baha'i-inspired perspective on the Enneagram, and I call it Developing Virtues, Unlocking Personality to Transcend the Self. I hope you enjoy. Hey, hey, welcome back to this series on the Enneagram and the Baha'i Faith, Developing Virtues, Unlocking Personality to Transcend the Self. So today we're going to be jumping back into what is the Enneagram and getting much clearer about this. Remember your three questions from the last video, which are, what virtue do you feel you're strongest in? What is one simple thing if everyone in the world would just do, it would make the world a better place? And what virtue do you feel you most need to work on? We're going to be getting more into those today. So the Enneagram, the word itself means nine-pointed symbol. And strangely enough, the Baha'i faith also is represented by a slightly different looking nine-pointed star. And obviously, I think that's super cool. And I think maybe there's some mystical meaning to that. However, must be very, very clear, the Enneagram and the Baha'i faith, besides me talking about both of them, have nothing to do with each other. The Enneagram is actually far, far older than the Baha'i faith. In fact, we don't totally know where it came from or how it started. Um, so it's just kind of a, kind of one of those cool coincidences that they have that nine-pointed symbol in common. Though for both of them, you know, nine represents a number of completion. It is the highest 
number. It contains all the numbers. It contains the one and the zero that is in 10, for example. So that much you should know. And also, I am coming to you from not only having grown up with knowledge of the Enneagram and the Baha'i Faith, but also 19 years as an actor, which does not mean to be a faker, in fact. It means to be pretty clear about how humans are motivated and how our behavior and our character, our personality, is a reflection of what drives us our pain, our joy, what we're running towards, what we're running away from. Acting is all about, you know, constructing the, the history and the inner life of the, your character to manifest certain behaviors. And in acting, and I mentioned this in the last video from a spiritual perspective, in acting there is an axiom that is we are all everything, right? You know, sometimes, nowadays, it's very common for people to, like, say they're an empath or something. I'm an empath. And I understand, like, some people are more empathic than others. But if you are human, you are an empath. Even if you are a sociopath, I think it's just that something is, is uh, uh, dislodged at heart. You're so an empath. Like, we all have everything. We all have the capacity to be, you know, the worst of the worst and we all have the capacity to be the best of the best. So just keep that in mind because you're going to relate to a lot of different Enneagram types because you're human and, and there are no like good types or bad types. They all have great qualities and they all have bad qualities. And that's part of what's so beautiful about the Enneagram is that it really shows you like how they're interconnected and how different types can help us uh, know our red flags or know what we need to work on. So the Enneagram, it has this mystical origin. We really don't know exactly where it came from. Um, let me just refer to my notes for a second. Um, and it's not on here. Um, we know that the Enneagram was used by Sufis and Sufis made a lot of contribution to the development of the Enneagram in, in written form and it was also picked up by the Jesuits and there's a lot of uh, Christian based literature on the Enneagram and the Jesuits use the Enneagram to counsel parishioners and that sort of thing but it we really don't know where it started or where it came from which makes it very very fascinating because as you will see the Enneagram is very simple. It's easy to understand once you get the hang of it, but it's also very psychologically sound and sophisticated, and it totally correlates to Jungian theories and all kinds of other personality theories, but it really predates them. So that is pretty groovy. So the Enneagram, we're not using it as a science that begins with words and ends with words. We're actually going to use this for very practical purpose to make our lives better and most importantly, like enrich our contribution to the world. How do you know your type? We're going to be getting into that. 
and I'll give you some prompts to help you figure out what your type is. Again, you can also do coaching with me on my website, JacquelineClaireArt.com. Just go to coaching. It's geared towards art and creativity, but the Enneagram is totally part of that. If you want some one-on-one time with me on Zoom or on the phone, I can talk to you and help you help you work out some stuff. But we'll be getting into it in this series. But it's helpful to know the Enneagram is not a horoscope. It isn't based on just how the stars were aligned when you were born. Though heredity may play a part, and there may be some degree of chance in there, it's really based on those, you know, precognitive decisions you made based on your your upbringing like from the very very beginning like the environment you were born into and the personalities in that environment and the things that happen and those very early decisions that you made in your socialization about how you were going to lead in life how you were your best path in your milieu in your understanding as an infant really infant through about a nine-year-old that phase of life, um, how you were going to get reward in life and how you were going to avoid pain, how you were going to get love and how you were going to avoid censure or um, punishment. And this aligns with the Baha'i teachings on personality. So there are three sources of character. Man has the innate character, just that package that God gave you when you were born. And I think every parent or anyone who's known an infant, you know they do come out the gate with with some pearls and some uh, rocks that need polishing, like right off the bat. So you have innate character. You have some inherited character. You're, you know, it's in your DNA. And acquired character, which is really what I was describing, which is gained by education. With regard innate character, although the divine creation is purely good, yet the varieties of natural qualities in man come from the difference of degree. All are excellent, but they are more or less so according to degree, right? Aggression has its place. Like, you need aggression to have stamina, to, you know, have... Um, initiative to be able to see things through to to move through difficulties but obviously like the degree and how it's expressed is what makes the difference whether it manifests in a good or a bad way so all mankind possesses intelligence and capacities but the intelligence the capacity and the worthiness of men different this is evident the variety of inherited qualities comes from strength and weakness of constitution. That is to say, when the two parents are weak, the children will be weak. So it's, you know, it's what was manifested in your environment and then how you reacted to what was manifested in your, your environment. If they're strong, the children will be robust in the same way um, you see this in animals and, and plants and stuff, like strong constitution breeds strong constitution. So the work that you do on yourself, 
and this here that we're engaged in will have generational effects. Whether or not you have children, but especially if you do, you pass that on, but also aunties and uncles and the people you get to just influence in your life, the more transformed and transcendent your character is, you're fulfilling your life purpose, you're making the world a brighter place while you are here, and you are influencing the world for generations to come. So it's absolutely, absolutely a worthy endeavor. So let me dive in and start showing you how the Enneagram works. This, this perfect circle of humanity. Baha'u'llah has drawn the circle of unity. He has made a design for the uniting of all the peoples and for the gathering of them all under the shelter of the tent of universal unity. This is the work of the divine bounty and we must all strive with heart and soul until we have the reality of unity in our midst. So this circle represents everything to me anyway. That's how I see it. This circle represents all of creation. This is the unity of mankind, of differing personality types. And it is also unity within ourselves. As within, so without. And that is the aim of this exercise here. So we have types one, through nine, and again, this is not a hierarchy one, it's not better than nine or vice versa. They all have good and they all have bad and we're gonna be getting into that. And they, they all in, interplay with each other. But you have one dominant Enneagram type based on ultimately how you lead in the world. Okay, we're all everything, but you lead with a certain dominant set of qualities, okay? And then you have a strong influence by one of the two numbers next to you. For example, if you discover that you are a two, then you have a wing, is what it's called, of either a one or a three, okay? So you are a two, with a one wing, or you are a two with a three wing. You cannot be a two with a six wing. That is not how it works. Of course, we're all human. I know I keep saying that, but I just wanna make that really clear because I know people are like resistant to like putting themselves in a box. And I promise you, the more we can identify the box, the more we can open up the box and let you fly away, okay? So that is the goal here. But um, so you are one dominant type and then you have a wing that is one of the numbers directly next to you. Now, it is my own personal theory that there is a great benefit in purposely thinking about that other number on the other side of you to like help empower your flight out of that box uh, to develop 
to help you transcend that like doesn't it make sense that you would want two wings i don't know why this isn't more explored in enneagram literature um that's my personal jackie theory but for now you are a type with a wing of one of the numbers right next to you okay i am a three with a four wing okay and then you will discover as we proceed through this series that based on the Enneagram, it's a star shape, right? I showed you that. These lines actually mean something. This shows the interplay between types. So your type has a known direction of health. When you are spiritually and psychologically healthy, you transcend some of the qualities of your type to move in a certain direction. It's known as your direction of integration. That's what it's called in Enneagram literature. You could also say it is your level of transcendence. And you could also say it is your level of exaltation, like Baha'u'llah said. And then you also have another arrow or line coming from your number and that is your red flag that shows you your direction of disintegration so when you are spiritually and psychologically not acting from a sound place you take on the negative characteristics of another type so remember they all have positive and negative qualities and you can slip below the negative qualities of your own type to go even lower to the negative qualities of another type. And you can also rise above the great qualities of your type to the greater qualities of another type. So that is how the Enneagram works. And, and we are going to be getting in more to the specifics in the next video. Hey, podcast listener, I hope you enjoyed that. I will be releasing this series throughout the week. Plus, if you would like some visuals to help you understand, you might want to check out the series on YouTube. My page is Jacqueline-Claire or linked in the show notes to watch the video version of this series. If you want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching on Enneagram or sort of spiritual growth in general, I do offer that on my website, sometimes just talking to someone who gets it and can help you see the parts that you're missing and connect the dots can do so much for liberating our emotional energy and our goals. So definitely consider that. There are links below in the show notes for that, as well as my art and creativity coaching and my soul-nourishing spiritual realism fine art. If you would like some mystical pieces to bring into your home or to give as gifts in the form of prints. Lastly, in the show notes, you will find a link to my Patreon community. If you would like to support my work and be a part of everything that I make. Thanks so much for listening.